Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom today. Here with me today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Mr. John Pry out of used to be Dallas, Texas. Now it's split between Dallas, Texas and Galveston, Texas, as he has retired and bought himself some property on the water. John, welcome to the pro- welcome to the show. Sorry. Good morning, Dale. How are you? Very good, sir. As always, better than I deserve. Uh, let's start the talk here, John, with uh, you're an engineer. You know, we always yes, look for great things out of engineers. And uh, when you were younger, somewhere along the line, back around 2011 or whatever it was, uh, I guess your brother was doing some real estate or something. Somehow you got interested in real estate. Uh, tell us why, as an engineer with a great job, you know, career, why do you decide to get into some single-family houses? Well, my, my brother Carl was a member of Lifestyles down in Houston, and he was very successfully buying some single-family and duplexes in uh, Bryan College Station area. And uh, I asked him, well, you know, tell me what you're doing. It sounds good. Because as a practicing engineer, I had zero extra time, but I had lots of extra money. Oil and gas was doing very well. So I looked at it. He showed it to me. It looked pretty interesting. The rates of return were really good. And so I looked at it as a diversification. You know, you've got some cash on hand. You've got a whole bunch in the stock market. I looked at it as kind of a three, the third leg of a three-legged stool. And at the time, of course, I had no idea that it was going to end up retiring me in pretty short order. But that was how it got started. My little brother showed me the way. Now, did you do deals with your brother or did you do your own deals? I actually started off doing deals with him. He was an HR director at a large mutual fund company, uh, got laid off. So he had lots of cash, but no ability to get mortgages. And so we talked about it, and I said, look, I'll get the mortgages. Let's each put in half the capital on these houses and duplexes, and we'll, we'll just do it that way. And, of course, I, he's my brother. I trusted him. We had a legal agreement drawn up, and that was how I got started. Now, about a, that was 2010. 2011, I saw there were foreclosures everywhere in DFW that were nothing more than just carpet and paint. So I thought, you know, this stuff with my brother's working pretty well. Maybe I ought to do some of that up in DFW. So I bought seven single-family houses, carpet and paint, all they were to get them ready to go in uh, in DFW. Now, the mistake I made as a conservative engineer was that I bought them for all cash, Dale. I, I, you know, everybody understands the power of leverage, but until you've lived it, you don't really get it. So I figured even an Aggie can't mess that up. Sure enough, they cash flowed like crazy. And and through the through time, they've appreciated like crazy as well. Rock so there you were. Go ahead. I was going to say, so there you are. You've got this system you've put together, which is an all-cash system, which, as you've already pointed out, is less than ideal. What 
made you change your mind and decide to come look into lifestyles? Or did you change your mind, then look into lifestyles, or did you look into lifestyles and then change your mind? I looked into lifestyles and then changed my mind. I thought, you know, this is this is the cash flow is great, the appreciation is great. I better go get some education from the people that taught my brother how to do this. So I went to the two day, I went to the free workshop actually twice. You know, skeptical conservative engineer before I joined, and in May of 2014, I went to my first two day with David Fisher. And I will, I've got to tell you this part, Dale. This is great. You know, there's a part of the, of the two-day where David Fisher asks, okay, how many of you guys already have some real estate? And I proudly raise my hand. And then he says, how many of you people paid for this with all cash? And I proudly raise my hand again. He looked at me, started laughing, and said, you are an idiot. And then very <laughs> careful went on to explain why. Oh, that's brutal. That is brutal. <laughs> he tells you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. So how did you feel after you got your uh, education? I felt tremendously empowered. I knew this was going to be a vehicle that that was going to help diversify my stock market assets and, you know, get me further along the path to retirement. Um, I did not yet fully appreciate the fact that it would retire me in short order. Now, as you're taking the two-day... Um, the first day is single family, the second day is multifamily and growing your wealth, that type of thing. So on this first day, I'm just curious, as I have already had seven houses, you're an engineer, which means you know everything because every engineer I've ever met knows everything. Did you learn anything on the first day about single family that was an aha moment? Going, Oh my gosh. Absolutely. The, the power of leverage was the biggest aha moment. Um, uh, you know, I was doing a lot of things right, and I was happy to hear that. I was really good at screening residents, and I had zero problem with residents. So I was happy to hear things like that. But leverage leverage was the big aha moment from the first day. There's also one more time where where I know you do it, and so does, so does David Fisher, where you talk about what is your – your return on your net worth. You know, you add up your passive income, add up your net worth and divide it. And and mine was like most people. It was point zero 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 whatever it was. Yeah. Um, that was a huge wake-up moment for me that I will never forget from my first two days. Well, that is the beginning of the second day, John. There's no doubt that that uh, is an eye-catcher. Uh, when you sit down and you realize, oh, man, I'm, I'm making less than the average person makes less than one percent. So you were right there with everybody else. You know, no disgrace. It's just that they don't realize that they're not making anything. You just you know, the reason you don't is because you sit there and you got one stock that went up. You know, man, I had a 20 percent gain in that stock this year. You go, yeah, well, that was a 20 percent gain in that stock that you didn't realize inside of your 401k. What do you have in your hand today to spend? And it's zero. And when you look at your whole value, personal value, your whole value, your whole net worth is giving you less than 1% return. So that is a good point. I appreciate you bringing that up. Let's talk, though, about the fact that during the multifamily section, the second day, you seem to have changed directions. Can you tell us about that? Completely changed direction. I saw the awesome power of, of passively investing in syndications and multifamily. 
where somebody else could do all the work. That is awesome. I was a practicing engineer. I had no extra time. I had a good, good amount of extra money. So that was a very natural path for me to follow. And I have not deviated from that since I joined in 2014. Yeah, it's an interesting point. There's, you know, people who are willing to work and people who are willing to let them. It takes quite a skill to be willing to let somebody else do all the work. And um, that's, a, that's a good one learned. So let's talk about that. You decided you came out of the two-day. Did you immediately not see so you bought another house after you came out of the two-day? You bought one more okay. house before you started passive or what? Well, it's kind of a proof of concept. My other ones had been, like I said, carpet and paint. This one was a train wreck house. It ended up going down to the studs in several rooms in that house. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a proof of concept. I've never done anything like that before because that would have terrified me before a lifestyle. But here, uh, you know, a lifestyle realtor found the property, um, used used a uh, vendor, a general contractor off the vendor's list to do all the rehab work. So I did less work on that train wreck house than I did on any of the other ones that were just carpet and paint. So that was another confirmation of the awesome power of the vendor's list and, and the, the lifestyle's map. This is don't do it yourself. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is John Pry, who's been with us for a long time and uh, retired just, uh, let's see, three years after he started. So, John, we just came out of the two-day. You were talking about the fact that, as I had to cut you off going into break, about the uh, hard money lender and what that did to the rates of return. Uh, I'm going to pick that back up, let you go back over that again for the people who are just tuning in now and also to understand the difference between the rate of return on the ones you were paying cash on. Can you explain that to everybody, how much different it was? Yes, sir. It makes an incredible difference, as you well know. The the hard money serves to greatly minimize the amount of cash out of pocket. And in in fact, in, in that particular case of that house, it paid for most of the rehab as well as the purchase of the house. So you, you couldn't you could not get a conventional loan on a house that was in that bad a condition. So it had to be either all cash or hard money. So my, my cash out of pocket was only about twenty thousand dollars to buy that house. I had a capital gain, in other words, once it was fixed up, I had an immediate capital gain of a little over twenty thousand dollars, which I didn't have any of that captured equity buying properties for all cash. And and then the, the, the cash-on-cash cash rate of return, the money that I made every month, was a little over 20% on that house because it was financed with less money out of pocket as compared to what I was targeting when I bought this property for all cash, 7 or 8%. So about three times higher on cash-on-cash cash return, cash flow, and and significant captured equity as soon as you get it all fixed up. So there it is. And now I have to ask you the, the magical question. You just figured out the secret sauce. <laughs> you took what you're already doing and tripled the profitability of it. Uh, I would have been sitting there in glee thinking, wow, this is really the thing to do. And then the next thing you did was go to multifamily housing. Passive investor. Share with us where that mind shift came from and why? Well, on Saturday, I was all charged up. I was going to go buy a zillion houses on Saturday. But then on Sunday, the passive investing aspect, uh, I learned about 
the path of investing in multifamily with other people who are smarter and work harder than I do and have more time to do it, doing all the work. You know, how cool is that? You invest your money and get a great capital gain and great cash-on-cash returns uh, with somebody else doing the work. It just doesn't get much better than that. You know, Warren Buffett says, if you don't learn how to make money while you sleep, you will work until you die. Well, I wasn't going to work until I died. (laughs) So what was your approach, John? Um, How did you approach this as a uh, conservative engineer looking at investing with people that you have not known yet? And, you know, the aspect that did you go make the, the personal connections with people first or did you just go out there and start investing. Can you explain to us how you overcome being a conservative engineer and giving your money to somebody else to go do a deal? Yeah, type B all the way. And as a typical engineer, I had to understand what I was doing before I did it. So I focused initially on my education, which, you know, Lifestyles makes that very easy for us to accomplish. At the same time, Lifestyles has a lot of events like road trips and so forth where we have the opportunity to meet these lead investors that are going to be the ones actually doing all the work. So it was a parallel track. My education combined with getting to know lead investors that were that were doing this type of thing started off slowly. I didn't do but probably two or three of them in the first uh, in the first year or so. But then it, it you know, I took off after that. My confidence grew as my education was further advanced. And I cannot overstress the importance of knowing your lead investors on a personal basis. Like you said, these are people we're giving significant chunks of money to, and we're counting on them to be good stewards of it. And you're not going to be comfortable with it unless you know, like, and trust these lead investors. So it's a parallel course education as well as networking. So now you brought in the social aspect of it, John. Um, As an engineer in corporate culture where corporate secrets have to be kept, were you surprised how open people were about all the different deals that were out there? I was more than surprised. I was amazed at it. I had never been exposed to that kind of an open book, open door. Ask me anything, I'll tell you kind of atmosphere it was it was astounding to me we're, we're not competing with each other so much as we're all it's like a three musketeers all for one and one for all type situation i've never seen that before in corporate america it's interesting um as you moved into it let's talk about how you chose your first couple deals um were you more was it more important to you to pick the right lead investor or was it more important to pick the right deal, specific deal? The, the style of deal is important. And to that end, you know, practicing engineer had more money than I, than I had time. So I was not so much worried about current cash flow as I was building net worth, longer-term capital gains. So initially I focused on the style of deal as being, being a hybrid with some cash flow and nice capital gains or value where there's no, maybe no cash flow for a year or two, but then you end up with good capital gains. So that was the categories I was looking at. Um, and then lead investor-wise, early on I invested only with people 
that were very experienced, that had a very well demonstrated uh, track record of success. Um, I had to get to know, like, know and like them. I'm not going to invest with somebody that I don't like on a personal basis. Um, very, very experienced. First one, one of the first ones I invested with had 20 years in the industry. You know, I, I really like that track record. Gotcha. So you've done how many total deals? Because I know you, right here in your resume, it says you're at currently 30 deals you're in. But I have to assume that you've done more deals than that, and some of them have sold off. That's right. It's, it's, it's somewhere between 50 and 60. I haven't actually counted up. So in your first couple of deals, were they how profitable were they? Because I'm trying to get a sense of how much that stimulated you to go on because you've done so much. Yeah, one of my first deals, uh, we owned it for 27 months and um, had about a 70% capital gain in 27 months, plus some amount of distributions. I don't remember exactly what they were. That was one of my first ones. Um, Hell, this is incredible. Another one of my first ones was uh, turned out to be, after we did a refinance, owned it several years and sold it, between a four and five hundred percent gain on that investment, and of course, being an wow. early one, I only put fifty thousand in it. I was so disappointed I didn't put more. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with John Bry and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Roadmap to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. Woman came up to me a couple years ago. She goes, You know, Dell, this retirement stuff's great and everything, but I got a problem. I go, What's that? She goes, I married my husband for good, bad, ugly for the rest of our life, better or worse, but not to have him at home with me every day. Get him out of here. Sound like a problem you'd want? Learn how to retire in five years or less. Go to lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is John Pry. John is one of the people we call in our group a super passive, meaning he's done over 20 different deals and uh, has accumulated enough real estate to be able to retire. So, John, you worked your way into this thing. You started out conservatively. Did you speed up after a while? Did it, mm-hmm. did it start to be like, hmm, this is a no-brainer? Absolutely, absolutely, and. And it just went faster and faster. Um, you know, I will tell you that it is like a dagger in the heart when you take money out of a out of an IRA or 401k. But that's the best thing to do. So I had a couple of big sources of capital, or three. One of them was after-tax stock market stuff. I drained down a whole lot of that. Um, IRA, 401k from previous companies, that was another source. And then a third major source was I sold off several 
of those original houses that I bought for all cash. And, of course, they had appreciated like crazy by the time I started selling them. So I had a lot of capital to work with, and I was really happy about that. So you transform your portfolio. Let's talk about um, diversification. Uh, I know that a lot of the members believe that diversification comes from having different leads in different locations. But did you keep any diversification between real estate, the stock market, or any other types of investments? Um, I have some. You know, I've been a key principal on, on several several loans, and so I have to have liquidity. In other words, cash, stocks, something like that um, to, to, to use for that. So I've got some legacy stock stuff that my kids will inherit someday. I'll never sell it. It's got a very low tax basis, and it's, you know, stuff I'll have forever. But the vast majority of our of our net worth is in is in real estate. It's just it's the best asset class. All right, so you kept accumulating this stuff. Now I'm going to ask you, this is the next generation question everybody wants to know. How long did it take you before you made the decision to give up your corporate America job, uh, your W-2 income, and why did you do it? You know, it's kind of interesting. I was not, back then, I was not tracking this the way I do now. So I actually had not realized that I had replaced my after-tax work income with real estate income. So one day, my brother, who introduced me to Lifestyles, asked me on a phone call. He said, John, with all this real estate investing you're doing, how close are you to being retired? And I said, you know, I, I have not put the pencil to it. Let me do that. Well, it turns out that I had replaced my after-tax income at that time, low oil price environment, I was tired of getting up at 5 o'clock every day to go to work. So I just said, this is great. I'm retiring right now. <laughs> what a day, huh? The, it the was day a you... day. Yeah. And, of course, my wife is, what do, you, what do you mean retiring? We hadn't talked about it much, you know. I didn't know I was there. but uh, But I was. That was... January of 2017, I retired 10 years earlier than I had psychologically planned for. So I've been retired for since, since uh, you know, for almost that length, almost seven years now. And this is the most amazing thing about it, Dale. Our net worth has continued to grow even though I'm living on passive income. Yeah, that's hard for people to understand, John. It really is. They think that, you know... You have more investments because you're working and earning the money, but they don't understand that you literally are making as much money not working as you were when you were working. So that's hard, very tough one for them to realize. And when I teach the two-day, that's the one they can't get over. They think that, well, if I quit my job, I'll never get further ahead. I will never be able to drive the expensive car or own the big house. I'll just replace my income and I'll be where I am, stuck, right? And so you're right. That's a, that's a big one out there. Uh, let's talk about something I just love to hear about. Let's ask you, what about the people at your job and your family? Let's stick with the job first. When you told them you were going to retire, I mean, what were the comments? What were the, what was the, the whole, I just want to see, I want to feel like a, like a fly on the wall, what these people were thinking when you went there and told them out of nowhere, you're going to retire. Well, you know, a lot of my work friends 
you know, knew that I was doing real estate investing, but um, they were surprised. They, they, a lot. The, the the most common feeling was, John, I hope you're not making a big mistake here. You know, oil prices are tough now. Don't don't quit something you've got. But it all worked out. That was seven years ago. Yeah. What about the family? Family was supportive. My wife has always been very supportive of, of my financial decisions. And she, her main concern was, now you're going to be around the house all the time instead of at work? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Legitimate concern. <laughs> uh, did I ever tell you the joke about the lady who call, called me and said, you know, uh, I, have, I have to tell you that I married my husband for better or for worse but uh, I didn't marry him to be at lunch every day. Get him out of here. Find something for him to do. <laughs> Turn him into a you lead know, investor. Give him something. Get him out of the house. I can't stand him here, right? It's there a, you go. You know, most married couples never have together time, uh, which is a strange thing because my, my wife and I, we met doing this business together. We spend every day together, all day long. I mean, it's like very infrequent. We, we now have grandkids, which gets get her a break away from me, you know, she'll go play with the grandkids and stuff. Uh, speaking of which, how about you, you call your kids little piglets. That's embarrassing, but what do you tell us about the family? How did you get the family involved? Well, I, you know, they saw how, how much I believed in it and they certainly have seen the financial benefits of it and, and see that I retired early. Um, so, so two of our kids are, they are big members, and they have their own multifamily investments. Um, my son, I helped him buy a, a single-family house several years ago that turned out to, to be a heroic investment for him, and he's moved on, and that money's in multifamily now. Our daughter also has, has passive multifamily investments. They're not remotely as charged up and interested in it as I am, but uh, they, you know, when the when the – when the student is ready, the, the messenger will appear. They see how well it works. They know it works because our family's living it. And I'm, I'm confident as they get older, they'll get more and more interested in it as time goes on. Do they both have good jobs? They do. They do. Yeah. Our so daughter there you go. And, and you know, trading time for money is much easier, John, than figuring out how to, how to invest and staying the course. So it will. It's I have the same thing with my kids. I mean, they see it. They know it's there. They know they can get it if they want it, but they still prefer to get up and go to work every day. I guess there's some self-actualization in that also in some way, shape, or form. So I get it. Um, as we look at it now, John, the next step here is we, we're going to get to go to break, and I really hate to shorten this message, but we do have a couple minutes left. Uh, when did you decide that you were well enough off, you're already retired, to take a chunk of money and go buy yourself a house by the water. Tell us about you know, that. It's, it's, you you said it a million times. You say it on every radio show, living the lifestyle. And that's been a long-time dream of my wife. And so we we did it. We, we closed on that house right before the pandemic started, and it became an incredible place to – kind of stay away from everybody else and ride out the pandemic. Yeah. I've, I've said many times that 
I bought my first really nice home. I've always had nice homes, but I mean really nice home. And I realized that the money you spend to do everything else, all the other recreation you spend for, happens for a period of time and then it's over. But your home, you get up every single day and you live that experience. And so I decided to go ahead and buy myself an incredible home because that experience is what I've lived ever since I was 35 years old and been retired. I mean, I've just been living the experience of getting up every day and, you know, you have to do it. So um, how much time do you spend in your Galveston home compared to your Dallas home? I assume you still have your Dallas home, huh? Yes, we do. And and no intentions of, of selling our, our DFW house either. We've got great neighbors in a great neighborhood. And I don't want to get away from my lifestyles family up here in DFW either. You know, they're the ones that have gotten me where I am today. And I've got too many good friends up here. So does my wife. So we spend, spend, depending on the time of year, about 50-50. Gotcha. All right, John, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it always for your sharing your story. The rest of you out there, remember this. John, myself, and the rest of us. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.